What a week of Big 12 basketball. My goodness. Football, of course, ended last week, and no time off as basketball is full steam ahead. We are about a third of the way through the conference schedule already, believe it or not. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Let's uh, welcome on our guy, our basketball columnist, our lead writer on the hoop side, Matthew Postens, joining us on the show as he does each and every week now that we're in full-blown basketball mode. Matthew, the story of the week, uh, the Kansas State Wildcats. Unbelievable win against Kansas in overtime. Not unbelievable in terms of, like, what happened on the court in the X's nose, but what that game potentially means for that program. Jerome Tang uh, taking the microphone after the game and telling the fan base to stop chanting FKU and instead, you know, KSU, which is what he wants them to chant. He made that a big point leading up to the game. It feels like this guy has a stranglehold on this program through, what, 16, 17 games that no other coach has had before, at least in recent memory. What does that game potentially mean for the future of Kansas State basketball? Well, I, I think it has the potential to be a real game changer. I mean, when I when I was thinking about that game after it all went down in overtime, you know, this is, this is one of those fork-in-the-road kind of games for a program, and it's not, it's not like Kansas State is not an unestablished basketball program. Yeah, you know, it's been around for a long time. I went to the Elite Eight just four or five years ago, so they've they've been around the block. They've been a good program, but you know they've they've missed the NCAA tournament three years in a row uh, under Bruce Weber. Um, they rolled the dice a bit on Jerome Tang, who had been a career assistant. He'd gotten interviews for head coaching jobs before, but um, Gene Taylor, you know, looks like he made a home run hire here with the basketball program. You know, part of what you're tra- part of what he's trying to do there is he's, he's trying to change the culture of the entire program and the entire campus as it relates to basketball. Uh, and you saw that, you know, completely on Tuesday night with a full house, with the way that he kind of got a hold of the crowd after the game was over, uh, the way that he approached things in post game. Um, you know, just everything that he's trying to do is about not just about building momentum for this year because this is a really good team that could potentially go to the Sweet 16 uh, the way they're constructed, but you know, building that forward moving forward. They have a great recruiting class coming in next year. He's now made it a more desirable place to transfer, uh, especially with the success of Keontae Johnson. Uh, it just, you know, it, this is kind of the way it is in college basketball now. You know, TJ Altsberger last year with Iowa State, you know, Jerome Tang this year with Kansas State, they've really kind of raised the bar on what you can do with a program that isn't doing well in just one year. It, it's really kind of incredible. It is the new way of, you know, more so basketball. I think it's easier, obviously, in basketball than it is in football. But the transfer portal uh, has a lot of flaws. But if there's a positive, you can turn around a program, as you mentioned, uh, Otz at Iowa State, uh, Tang this year at Kansas State. You can do it in a year if all the pieces fit, Matthew. So you're right about that. Uh, The Jayhawks. I don't want to frame it as what's wrong with Kansas after, you know, one loss and two losses this season. But I, certainly I was at the game against Iowa State last weekend. They've done a lot of coming back late in games to win. They've been playing with fire. It finally bit them on Tuesday night. This is not last year's team. I know they're a top five team in the country per the rankings. And college basketball in many ways is up for grabs. And who knows what happens come March. But what about you? I, I, don't, I don't think this is close to last year's team. And I think that there are... A lot of things that Bill Self is still working through with this group. Well, I, I think the two biggest things that he's working through right now is number one, depth. Uh, yeah. They've got a great starting five. They 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 have a starting five that I would put up against any other starting five in the Big Twelve right now. 
when you get beyond uh, Joseph Yasufu and you get beyond um, Pettiford, you've got a lot of guys on that team that still don't have enough experience yet. And that's what really showed up in overtime on Tuesday night. They lost Grady Dick. They lost Kevin McCuller. They lost KJ Adams to foul trouble. You lost three of your starters. You had to turn to guys that hadn't been in that moment very much yet. And mistakes were made down the stretch. And the biggest mistake they made was not getting the ball in Jalen Wilson's hands, either at the end of regulation or at the end of overtime. He was having an incredible game. He was having an Ochai-like game against Kansas State from last year. And they could not get the ball in his hands down the stretch. Uh, It was just a really unfortunate situation. So Bill Self has to really start working as much as he can in Big 12 play on cultivating some of this depth behind these seven guys in the rotation. And then the other thing, you know, you've still got to figure out a way to play big even when you're not big. You know, K.J. Adams has done wonderful work as what they're calling an undersized five. But in games against teams like TCU, uh, which they'll play this weekend when you're playing a bigger post inside, uh, West Virginia when you're playing Jimmy Bell, uh, you've got to have a guy inside that can play a little bit bigger, and I'm not sure Kansas has that right now. So those are the two big things that I'm worried about. I still think they're a top-10 team, the way they're constructed, but they've got a short bench, and they've got to figure out a way to play big inside when they need to. Mm-hmm. No, they do. Um, and I even wonder, I mean, if Grady Dick is off, there's not a lot of precise outside shooting. I know Jalen Wilson had a big game, but uh, – I just I don't know if it's all there right now, but hey, look at last year where this team was, and then of course we all know they won the national title. Uh, Iowa State, Matthew, what a scene in Ames on Tuesday night as well. Unfortunately, you had to have ESPN Plus to see it, which is a totally different conversation. Uh, <laughs> whiteout events in Ames, Tyrese Hunter's back there, uh, obviously transferring from Iowa State to Texas in the off season, and Iowa State uh, pulls off a great home win against the Longhorns. Is Iowa State a top 10 team in the country, or was this just a, a motivation game for them behind a strong home crowd? I think they are a top 10 team. And what's really happened since conference plays begun is, you know, Gabe Kalsher's game has really come on. Uh, this is a guy who averaged 11 points a game throughout his college career. He's averaging about 16 or 17 in Big 12 play. And now what's really come on for him is his three-point shooting. Caleb Grill's three-point shooting has really come on in the past three weeks. Um, you know, Jaron Holmes has been very consistent the entire year. Um, his play has come on. But the thing that's really, the two things that are really kind of bringing it together right now are Taman Lipsy, their freshman point guard from Ames, Iowa. He's not scoring a lot of points, but he's doing a great job of doing all the other things you need a point guard to do. And the interior game for Iowa State is really starting to come on. They're starting to use their forwards a little bit outside of the paint. Uh, using them up at the high elbow, uh, giving them opportunities to face up to the basket and do what they do best with the ball in their hands, and that's really paying off. And, of course, the defense. They're a top-10 Ken Palm defense in terms of efficiency. You know, Otz isn't going to settle for anything less. But when you add in the fact that they're finally starting to score points on top of their great defense, that's what's going to put them in the top-10, perhaps as early as next week. Yeah, we'll probably see that, depending on how the weekend goes uh, for the Cyclones. Texas Longhorns, I mean, it has just been a weird season for them, obviously, with Chris Beard officially out. And uh, you look at where this program is right now, they've they've held steady. I mean, they're right in the mix at 4-2 yeah. and two in Big 12 play. Uh, they've got to go to Morgantown on Saturday, and that's always tough, never mind with the Huggins team that's kind of on the ropes and finally got a win on Wednesday night. But has your... 
have your expectations changed for this Texas team, or do you think they are where they were a month ago despite all the drama? No, I, I still think they're where they are. I mean, they've got four elite or above-average guards that they can use in any given night, not just Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter, but also Serge Barry Rice, who is the uh, Big 12 newcomer of the week this week. Uh, he does great work for them coming off the bench. They've got a solid interior game. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, their uh, freshman forward, is one of the better pr- rebounders from the perimeter in this conference right now. And they can go a little bit deeper in the rotation than you know, teams like Kansas and um, a couple of other teams in the conference that really can't go more than seven players deep. They can go eight or nine deep and not lose a whole lot. I, I think for them, you know, they know when they go on the road because of the situation with the conference change. You know, they know they're not just getting everybody's best shot, they're getting everybody's best insult, everybody's best poster, everybody's best attitude from the home crowd, and that's exactly what they got from the Cyclones on Tuesday night. Uh, but I think they're mentally tough enough to fight over that, and I think for them the expectation hasn't changed. They have a team that is talented enough to go deep in the NCAA tournament, uh, and it's up to Rodney Terry to get him there. He knows this is uh, his audition for the head coaching job. You're going to hear a lot about that over the next couple of months. If he can get this team farther than Chris Beard got them last year, then he's got a chance to be the permanent head coach. Yeah, he certainly does. As we continue on the show here, hey, how about this? Um, you want to bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly? You can do that with my friends at DraftKings. That's right. They are an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And right now, new customers at DraftKings can use our promo code HCS for Heartland College Sports and bet $5, get $200 in free bets right now. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings each leg you add up to 100%. My Chiefs are in action this week, and I can't wait. And since I live in Kansas, well, guess what? They've got the sports betting. Download the DraftKings app, use the code HCS, and take advantage. $5 on the NFL, get $200 in free bets. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, Matthew Postens is our guest on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Um, Matthew, Texas Tech looks like a hot mess. Now, I get it. It's the Big 12. There's no easy night. But, man, there are a lot of questions surrounding this Red Raiders team. They're 0-6 in Big 12 play. Uh, There's been some tough losses, but there's been some blowouts as well. So Mark Adams, in his second year, one year after surprising, I would say many folks, in year one on the job taking over for Chris Beard, this season's not going as planned. What's gone wrong, and how does he fix it? Well, I mean, you know, number one, not having Fardow's AMAC for most of the season certainly didn't help, although they had a really good non-conference slate. But, you know, I think maybe we kind of glossed over the fact that they lost to Crichton and Ohio State over in Hawaii at the – at the Maui Gym Classic in November, you know, maybe we glossed over the fact that, you know, they had some other lingering injuries, injuries with players like Pop Isaacs and Daniel Batchko who are both back. Um, but, you know, more than anything else, it's just the chemistry with last year's team was so good. You know, Adams did a great job of blending holdovers like McCuller and Shannon and Santa Silva with the new players who came in. And this year's chemistry just isn't, there you know it's kind of like texas last year they were good but you could tell there was another level they just weren't quite getting to Mm -hmm. texas tech isn't quite as good as texas was last year 
but there's a there's a level they haven't gotten to yet, and I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that this team just doesn't quite have the cohesion of last year's team. And I know it sounds it sounds mushy, but you know when the chemistry is not there with a basketball team, even just a little bit, it can really throw things off. I mean, go back to the Kansas Kansas State game on Tuesday night. That was an extremely well played game, despite all the fouls down the stretch. That's because both of those teams are veteran teams or they're teams with a lot of players that have played a lot of college basketball like Kansas State, and they've learned to play together quickly. This Texas Tech team is a team that has a lot of youth, has a lot of players that have played at different programs, and a couple guys that have held over from last year's Sweet 16 team, and they just haven't come together as a group yet. And when that happens, you get the little mistakes they made against Baylor down the stretch. You get the little mistakes they made against um, you know, Kansas down the stretch. You've got to rely on, on guys in high-pressure situations that maybe you weren't wanting to rely on. And I think that's just where there is. It's just, it, it's, like a, it's like a musical instrument. It has to be tuned properly. And right now, Texas Tech, at its core, just isn't tuned properly. No, it's not. It, it, it's, it's in no way tuned properly. I mean, you look across the board, they don't shoot the three ball well. Uh, they don't defend the three ball well. They don't rebound all that well when you look at just, you know, where they rank in the Big 12. And uh, these are things that, you know, Mark Adams obviously has wanted to pride his team on. And uh, those things aren't happening for him. So it's it's been uh, certainly, I know, tough times in Lubbock. But, you know, we'll see. The good thing about the Big 12 is you can turn things around pretty quickly with a couple of good wins. Uh, speaking yeah. of that, teams that got good wins, West Virginia's Finally, finally in the win column in Big 12 play, beating TCU. So that's a, you know, top 15 win on Wednesday night. Is this a Mountaineers team that, when I say make a run, I don't mean make a run at the top of the Big 12, but finally string together some wins and get itself back in to the NCAA tournament picture? I I think it's possible, and I think we're going to find out pretty much before Valentine's Day where they are. I was looking at their schedule last night. And by, and by the way, TCU's never won in Morgantown. Wow. I didn't know that. So That's last great. Night. They've never won in Morgantown. And by Even, great, by great, let me clarify it before anyone gets <laughs> triggered. By great, I mean that's a great stat by you, not great news. But but you know, think about it. A top 15 team goes into Morgantown. A really good top 15 team, by the way. And at one point, they're down 18 in that game. TCU still rallied, but... West Virginia ended up winning. It was a real gut check game for them. Jimmy Bell had a great game. They got a great game, got a Kedry and Johnson. But you look ahead to their schedule, they have, I believe, if I did the math right, starting with that TCU game on Wednesday, they have seven ranked teams in their next nine games. And that includes their crossover game with Auburn next weekend. We're going to find out really quick if they can string together enough wins to be in any kind of postseason conversation, whether it be NCAA or NIT by Valentine's Day. I saw a lot of really good things when I watched them on Wednesday night. It, it, it seemed like, you know, we talked about the tuning with West Virginia, you know, or with Texas Tech. West Virginia's tuning has been off, too. It, it seemed like things were finally tuned properly uh, and for them, and really three things have to happen. They've got to get great play out of Kedrian Johnson and Eric Stevenson, their two guards. They need Joe Toussaint to continue to play right off the bench, and they need Jimmy Bell to continue to produce and stay out of foul trouble. If they can do those three things and continue to play defense the way they played against TCU, then they've got a chance to string a few wins together. When you look at TCU, I mean, they've now dropped three of four. They're falling out of uh, grace a little bit. What's What's gone wrong for the Horn Frogs over the last uh, couple of weeks? 
Yeah, I mean, their their losses are just like, you know, they they lost by one or two to Iowa State in a last second basket in a game they should have won. Um, you know, the game against West Virginia, like I said, they were down 18, but you know, crawled back in to 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 cut it to a two point lead and 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 then um, can't remember who their third Texas Texas think yeah that was a game where they led by 60 and they they gave up that lead so it's you know it's the big 12 it's sort of like the NBA everybody makes a run it doesn't matter how big a lead you have somebody's going to make a run on you at some point in the game I think the thing that really sticks out with me with TCU is they're so athletic and they're so quick and they're so based on transition and fast break that if you can somehow find a way to throw that off that is what really kind of gets them and that's what West Virginia did on Wednesday yeah they really did a great job of cutting down TCU's fast break I think they only gave up like eight fast break points if you can do that to TCU that really cuts to the core of what they're trying to do overall because they want to play at pace on both sides of the floor they want to turn defense and rebounds and turnovers into offense on the other end and they want to be able to build a lead and maintain it like they did against Kansas State on Saturday. So that's that's when you throw all your eggs in that particular basket, it's great when it works. It's not so great when it doesn't work. I got two more I want to get to here with you. Um, let's start off with this. Bedlam, Oklahoma State wins that game on a Wednesday night in Stillwater. Loaded question. Is that the last Bedlam matchup in Stillwater on the hardwood, a.k.a. is Oklahoma going to be in the Big 12 next season or are we getting a delayed Big 12 football schedule because no one knows what's going on with the 2023 season yet? This is where I put my tinfoil hat on. (laughs) This, This is the part I don't understand. So what your mark told us in October was that they built a football schedule that would allow everybody to play everybody at least once between 2023 and 2024. That included the four new members. Then in December, he said, we're on course to a mid-December schedule release. Then they went to Vegas. Everybody said, hey, we're open to a conversation. Here we are in the January, and we still have a football schedule. I think what I think they're, I think the main haggling point is right now is everybody wants to have Texas and Oklahoma at home so they can have a little extra revenue before they leave the conference. To me, if the deal is good enough to get them out, who cares, right? Yeah. So there's this little part of me, though, that's been thinking to myself, okay, maybe Texas, Oklahoma, the Big 12, and the SEC want to do business in a way in which those two schools can leave next fall in 2023. I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, well, SEC can't do that for football. They can do that for football. It's actually really easy. They play an eight-team divisional schedule, okay? They play six teams in their division. They play their rivalry game, and then they play one more crossover divisional game. So what you do is you put Oklahoma in one division. You put Texas in the other division just for one year. You replace those cross-divisional games that are not rivalry games with Oklahoma and Texas in those divisions, and then you make Oklahoma and Texas the cross-rivalry game. That solves the scheduling problem. I think there's some small part of this where everybody's talking about maybe, just maybe, we can get Texas and Oklahoma out of the conference by the fall if the money's right and everybody's okay with it. I think there's about a 1 in 10 chance of that happening. So I think there will be at least two more Bedlam basketball games in the 2023-24 season. But I'm not going to rule out the two schools leaving before – um, before the fall, because here's the thing. They've already passed the deadline where Texas and Oklahoma have to inform 
that they're leaving for the 2024 season. They've already mm-hmm. surpassed that contractual obligation. So I think there's a lot more there's a lot more moving parts here than everybody just haggling over who gets to host Texas and Oklahoma for one more year. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, I got a couple minutes here. So Saturday, the Big Twelve basketball slate's a good one. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this and saying, okay, you got the the uh, high noon game, TCU, Kansas, TCU looking about both teams looking to bounce back from losses. Uh, obviously here in Kansas City, that'll be a, a great lead-in to the Chiefs playoff game on Saturday afternoon. But you can make a case for any of these games for different reasons being the most compelling to you. Which one, Matthew, do you look at and say that's the game that has the most fascinating storylines to it? <sighs> yeah, I think... Um... I think Texas Tech and Kansas State is probably the most fascinating because you have Kansas State coming off this incredible high yeah. after beating Kansas. And you have Texas Tech, who is just plain desperate to win. They need a win. They they needed a win a week ago mm-hmm. in Big 12 play. They're desperate. They're at the point where... You know, they're at the point where if they lose on, on in that game against Kansas State, they've got seven league losses the the worst record they could end up at that point with in conference would be, you know, the most wins they could have in conference at that point would be 11, and that would make, mean they'd have to win out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're already out of bracketology. Um, they're not even being considered for bracketology right now. They need a win like that. So that to me is like, do you, do you trust Kansas State coming down from this high after beating Kansas, or do you go with Texas Tech, which is so desperate, to win a game, they're going to play it like it's their Sweet 16 game against Duke last year. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I It's just, gosh, the games, the quality of games just uh, continue to yeah. impress every single week. So it's going to be a heck of a next couple of months here in this league and watching this thing through the Big 12 tournament and then, of course, March Madness. Matthew Poston's our guest. Talking Big 12 hoops. Matthew, thank you, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the games on Saturday. All right. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. Awesome stuff. Hey, before you leave us, do me a solid. Leave a rating, review, subscribe. I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. The only way to get one is by rating and reviewing the podcast, ideally five stars. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll put that koozie right in the mail. And don't forget about my friends at DraftKings, our friends. Use our promo code HCS for Heartland College Sports. $5 bet gets you 2 Hundred dollars in free bets. Download the app for new customers and use our promo code HCS. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the day. Take care.